Blackstone Audio presents One Man Great Enough Abraham Lincoln's Road to Civil War by John C. Waugh For my father, who had a sense of humor Lincoln would have appreciated. Prologue The Uncoiling of the Serpent the new two-story state house in Vandalia, Illinois, stood unfinished in early 1837. Workmen had slapped plaster on the walls just before the Tenth General Assembly convened in December. Its damp, displeasing essence still hung in the legislative chambers upstairs. Abraham Lincoln, a young Whig legislator from Sangamon County, was beginning his second term. He was not as new to politics as the plaster was to the walls, but the plaster was more likely to stick than what he was about to do. In a bold move, he was about to drop a resolution into the record that ran emphatically against dominant public opinion in his state, on slavery, which raised hackles as no other issue did. The issue was uncoiling across the country like a hissing serpent. Abolition societies proliferated in the North, blanketing the Union with incendiary anti-slavery pamphlets. Alarmed and angry Southern legislators were passing resolutions violently condemning these firebrands of discord and disunion. The South's mightiest guns, its most articulate and powerful ideologues, were answering in kind, showering shot and shell on abolitionism in the defense of their peculiar institution. Southern legislatures were not only passing angry resolutions against abolitionists, they were demanding that Northern legislatures do the same. Virginia, Alabama, and Mississippi had sent memorials to Illinois, which Governor Joseph Duncan had transmitted to the General Assembly in December 1836. In January, the Illinois legislature resoundingly passed a set of sympathizing resolutions that we highly disapprove of the formation of abolition societies and of the doctrines promulgated by them, that the right of property and slaves is sacred to the slaveholding states by the federal constitution, and that they can't be deprived of that right without their consent. Lincoln quietly voted against the resolutions, one of only six of the legislature's 91 members who did. In early March, three days before adjournment, he wanted to quietly add something more to the record. The issue was important to many in Illinois, but it mattered to Lincoln in a different way. For the most part, the people of Illinois were emigrants from southern states, as was Lincoln himself, born in Kentucky and grown to manhood in southern Indiana. Most of these former Southerners were for slavery and against anything that wasn't. Lincoln, though a Southerner, didn't see it exactly that way. Not that this gangly young lawmaker bought into the idea of Negro equality. He didn't. With most white opinion, Northern and Southern, he embraced white supremacy. He opposed black suffrage, voting in his first term for a resolution that the elective franchise should be kept pure from contamination by the admission of colored votes. He rejected outright the idea of racial intermarriage. But in Lincoln's mind, slavery was a different matter. It was immoral, crowding the outer limit of inhumanity. He was to say, I am naturally anti-slavery. If slavery is not wrong, Nothing is wrong. I cannot remember when I did not so think and feel. In March 1837, he wanted to introduce a resolution that would mirror this feeling. 
but he was playing with dynamite. The wording had to be hedged. It would be political suicide in Illinois to be lumped with abolitionists, and he would have to do it virtually alone. The only other House member willing to go with him was Dan Stone, a fellow Whig legislator who had brought his anti-slavery psyche with him from his native Vermont. On March 3rd, they introduced their resolution, protesting the longer ones passed in January. It was entered in the record without comment or debate. It said, Resolutions upon the subject of domestic slavery, having passed both branches of the General Assembly at its present session, the undersigned hereby protest against the passage of the same. They believe that the institution of slavery is founded on both injustice and bad policy, but that the promulgation of abolition doctrines tends rather to increase than to abate its evils. That was the nub of it.